Good afternoon and welcome to Coffee and Conversation. This is our weekly podcast here for the Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. In the time it takes you to sit and have a cup of coffee or a glass of tea with a friend, um, we invite you to sit with us, have that cup of coffee, cup of tea, and uh, let's discuss things that are of importance to the students and community here in, in Crescent City and Del Norte County. So for those of you I haven't met, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm the County and District Superintendent of Schools. And joining me here today are the Assistant Superintendent, Tom Kissinger. Hi, it's nice to be here, Jeff. And our Director of Information Network Services, Ryan Bodden. (laughs) (laughs) Always a pleasure. If only I could remember what you do. Um, We'll just see if he doesn't show up for a couple of days, and we'll definitely know what he doesn't do. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So um, yesterday... The board had a uh, a pretty incredible meeting. Um, it, there was one action item. Uh, the the conversation I had with the board when I gave my uh, report or my recommendation was about twenty minutes long. Uh, the board had another tw- forty minute conversation, uh, kind of a Q and A with me around recommendation around um, uh, some of the details around that recommendation, and then then I think this is the really amazing part listened to the public, um, staff members still continue to ask questions for roughly another three hours. Um, no, I'm sorry. Two hours. Yeah. Two, two more hours, two more hours. It, it just seemed like three. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it was really a great conversation. The topic for those of you who didn't, uh, watch the board meeting or who haven't already heard was how will schools reopen, um, this year? And so basically, just so that everybody knows what the recommendation was, it was to um, adjust our school calendar in order to allow our staff to have more time to prepare for students reentering the buildings, um, to move to distance learning only for the first two to three weeks of school, then to move to distance learning with small cohorts for a couple of weeks, And finally, to bring students back into our schools in a way that's safe, supportive, and um, uh, I think really in a way that meets the needs of our students, their families, and our staff. So, Ryan, what what was your kind of takeaway from that meeting? I mean, what what was one thing that really stood out to you? Well, I think that the thing that stood out to me most was just, honestly, the civility. Um, I think this can be a pretty divisive time. And... I just appreciated. I mean, there was definitely viewpoints at, at all ends of the spectrums, right? Um, and I just really appreciated the community vibe and the feel that people were listening to other people's comments. They were recognizing that although maybe they didn't agree, they, I guess they gave some validity that somebody else, is. it's okay to have a different opinion. You know, I think that in, in society today, that's not always the case. And I just, I don't know, kind of made me feel proud, honestly, uh, to not be too cheesy about it. Uh, just, I don't know, it was a, it was a good community feel. And, you know, the board, I think they really listened. They let, let those comments run and really took that into account. So that that's what I appreciated. It was a, it was a good feeling board meeting. Yes, it was long, but it was really important. And um, I don't know, I just liked all the positive feelings. Yeah, so um, I thought that one of the one of my takeaways was that people are really, really ready to get back to school. And whether or not coming back to school means distance learning or a hybrid model or eventually someday in the future having everybody come back, I really got the sense that um, this community wants 
our children to be learning again and our teachers to be teaching and our classified staff to be working together. And I really got the sense that we were coalescing around some ideas. And although people had different feelings about how they wanted to start, they want us to work together and get back to it. You know, and I appreciate what both of you said, because, you know, I, I think one of the cool things about our board, one of the things I really, really, really appreciate about our board, our board runs the entire spectrum um, from, um, you know, from very from from liberal to conservative, uh, from um, younger to older, from, you know, different diverse jobs. But when it comes to really thinking about school, when it comes to really thinking about what's best for kids, every one of those five board members sat there, they listened, they really, they were taking notes, they were taking note. Um, and it really, you know, made an impact. Um, and as I talked to one or two of them after the board meeting, uh, they were, they were actually talking about concerns and ideas that were brought up. And, you know, Tom, what, what you had said too, about people kind of coalescing around things. I've said that since I've been here, you know, Del Norte tends to be a, um, in some cases, a very bifurcated community. You know, we've got, we've got liberal, we've got um, conservative, we've got Democrat, we've got Republican, we've got people who live outside of town, people who live in town, people from here, people move here. But the one kind of spoke or the one hub, I should say, to the wheel that run that that's in this community is every person I've ever spoken to places a huge value on education and on what the public schools bring to, to Del Norte County. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that I've seen and I haven't been here for, for too long, just a little bit over a year, but what I see the commonality of is that kids come first and that whether it's staff or parents and, and, and just watching our board too, everybody wants what's best for kids. And the fact that we're actually able to, uh, we're not always going to come to a consensus on what's right because people have different ideologies about what 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 should happen for kids. But to see staff and the board and the community kind of come around to working together, it's really a wonderful thing and doesn't happen doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah, and I think the board, I mean, they said it straight up. They they recognize that, you know, the decisions made are, are going to make people upset. There's not going to please everybody. But again, because everybody's recognizing kids come first, the decision can still move forward. Right, right. Well, so let's talk about kind of what that final decision was. So we've been talking for a couple of months about phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, all those kind of things. Um, you know, we've said since the very beginning, we can't change what the governor or what the California Department of Public Health has said are our, prior, our parameters. We can do things within those parameters. We can um, uh, go up to those parameters, but we can't do more than we're allowed to do by the state. So basically at this point, as far as the state's concerned, this is a, our county is in a, um, uh, stage three on the resiliency roadmap. We are open to lower risk and higher risk businesses. Um, and we are open to, uh, obviously essential services. Um, the one place we haven't gotten to is a full lifting of the stay at home order, which would allow us to bring every child back to school every day. So at this point we're limited to cohorts of kids at the most. Um, so basically what the board took action on today was really a 
stair-stepped approach, the soft opening approach. So um, I had somebody who described it to me like the reopening of Disneyland, um, where when Disney opened, they opened the rides to the ride operators. So they would see how the rides needed to be operated um, to be safe, to be clean, to, you know, to, to really mitigate uh, any safety concerns that may be out there. Then they opened the rides up to employees of that land, you know, of fantasy land or whatever it was. And, and they got to see how they were going to operate their chunk of, of Disneyland. And then ultimately they opened it up to season pass holders because those are the people who love it so much that they're buying season passes, but they're going to tell you what they think. And then ultimately they opened it up to the public. And that's kind of what we're looking at is we're, we're looking at a distance learning reopening, then moving into distance learning with um, small cohorts of students, then moving into this blended learning. And, and, you know, one of the things I just want to make clear is that, uh, as you talked about, the guidance we get from the Department of Public Health and from the governor's office is that we may have to fluidly go in and out of these things, and we can only move from one to the other if it's safe to do so. So I think that that's very important. And, and you know, because I heard some people talking um, in the comments about having every, wanting everybody to come back. And I think it was important and it was said during the meeting, I think you might have said it, that 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 we really can only do what we're allo- what's allowable. And again, we want this to be everybody, I think, you know, better, more um with more fidelity, right, than, than the crisis learning we had in the spring. And and this soft opening allows us to really dedicate that time and not just get a, you know, from a technology perspective, you know, get a device into a student's hand, but let's get a device into a student's hand and educate the family and the student and the parents on, you know, use of that device. Let's, let's get ourselves, you know, so that when they're going home with that tool, they're ready to learn effectively with that tool and, you know, providing a little bit of, of, uh, a space for that that training and that development to to occur as we slowly you know build up capacity right well and and not only that i mean i think you hit the nail on the head because it's not just about the kid right it's not just about the student in that class it it's also about the family at home whether that family is mom dad grandma grandpa aunt uncle foster family um or just a caregiver you know so I think there's, there has to be a lot of family support, a lot of family um, focus that goes into what we're going to be doing this year as well, because it doesn't matter whether we're in phase one, phase two, or phase three, if you haven't read that continuum of education, all of those phases, what they all have in common is distance learning. And it's got to happen in all of those phases because we may not be allowed to have kids on campus or they may have to be small cohorts. Um, but distance learning is going to happen. Um, even if we go into a phase four, we're still going to have families that are choosing distance learning. So I, I think that's something that we're going to see throughout this year. So really supporting our families in those processes are key. And we've seen some some teachers express an interest in, in, in providing that service uh, of the distance learning as well. One of the things I thought was uh, pretty interesting when we were talking today uh, about the distance learning is that whether we start on the 31st or the 20 or the, or the 28th or what was it? The 27th or the 28th? I can't remember. Oh, all through there. So yeah. So school was supposed to start the 24th. At, we had a board member who asked about the 27th and we had another board member who asked about the 31st. We'll be working that out in the next seven days as I, well. I guess my point is, and, and, and thank you. Thank you for pointing, for pointing that out too, because I don't want to freak everybody out thinking we're not starting on the 24th, but, um, 
But what I wanted to say was that we're going to have dedicated time to make sure that our staff members have the support that they need to confidently start their educate their distance education when we get going. And I think that that's something I think our staff will really value, and our and and the payoff will be that our our, our families and students will get a higher level of education because of it. Yeah, and and I we heard. Um well, we heard many people say it, and that's really what one person said is, this is kind of an exciting year. This is an exciting time. Let's look at things a little bit differently. Um, I think there's some excitement amongst a lot of our instructional staff to say, let's really try something new and out of the box. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to also, I don't want to look at this with complete rose-colored glasses, because let's be real, what the state put us through in March, April, and May was a an educational nightmare, right? I mean, I, I was telling one of the board members earlier um, that on Monday, March 9th, I'm sitting in Governor Newsom's office and he's telling a group of us, look, we understand the whole COVID thing is going on. There's a boat parked off the coast. We're going to take those people into California. We're going to repatriate them back to their houses or back to their states. Here's how we're going to do this. But under no circumstances are we talking about schools closing. That was on Monday. On Thursday, we get the first executive order that says, hey, you can close your schools, but provide high quality educational option, provide meals, pay your staff. And I think it was that Sunday that we ended up having that special board meeting, right? It was that Sunday we had the board meeting and Monday there was no, there was not one student on one campus. Um, and then we had to figure it out, right? So so I think the bad taste, the, the fiasco that came out of those quick and rapid adjustments at the state level, we had staff that had never seen Seesaw. We had staff that had never used Google Classroom as an instructional tool. We had staff that had never actually been responsible for setting up their own Zoom meetings, even if they had attended them before. And people were learning that. They were building the airplane as they were flying. Well, wow, that's amazing. Now, it seems like we've been doing Zoom now for 10 years, where we've been doing it like this for only a few months. Yeah, it's really only been a few months. And, and, we've just done such a great job at some level, I think. And, and all the lessons learned through that crisis learning, I know that our teachers and our instructional aides and our classified staff are going to be able to implement those as we, as we move into something um, with a lot more validity here in, in the fall. Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I keep, keep repeating and repeating. And, and I hope people are hearing it. We were doing crisis learning. It was high quality educational opportunities. There wasn't even a requirement that we provided real lessons, but our teachers did. Uh, by and large, they did. Even those packets that went home were grade level standards based packets of work for kids. However, that was crisis learning. This is a virtual school. You know, I think that one of the things you said, Jeff, during the during the meeting today was on whether it's whatever day it is that we open at nine o'clock that morning or whatever time we start that morning, school is starting. And I think I want to take a, a quick moment, if I could, and just acknowledge there was a lot of discussion or at least some discussion about a lot of the mental the mental health and the social emotional well-being that this is causing. We, we've talked a lot about, you know, education. Well, I, I think we all recognize and I want to make sure folks understand that the district and our staff are absolutely 100% taking into account 
that other piece of education, that social emotional well-being. Um, it's 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 core. It's part of all of our development. It's being taken into account, and we recognize that's a that's a big it's a big concern. It's not just you know I think somebody said it's not just the times tables, right? It's the other part also of education, that mental well-being. Well, and as a matter of fact, we we have sixteen teams. If you haven't heard that, we've got sixteen teams working on various aspects of what is going to be required of everybody when when school does start. One of those teams, their sole purpose is to really tease out and work through how are we providing social emotional um, learning and supports, and that's for that's for children, that's for staff, that's for families, that's for families providing supports to children at home. That's to staffs abiding, providing support for children. And I think one of the, the cool things about where we're going this year is not only will we be doing that, we're actually increasing those services. We certainly are increasing those services, and we're bringing on uh, we're bringing on a few new social workers, interns from Humboldt State University. We have three, and we're bringing another uh, psych intern on as well, too. So we are we're fortunate to have some people traveling up north this year. And I want to give a quick shout out to Steve Godla. He he was one of the leads in writing that grant, and that's what's kind of leading us in, down that path. So um, at a time when we wrote the grant, we didn't know we would need it. Going into this year, we're going to have more supports for um, students, families, and staff. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's how we're we're really looking at flipping this narrative. Yes, we're in this horrible situation, but how are we going to get better? And how are we going to provide services? And how are we going to address the needs of kids in ways that we never have before? Yeah, I, the other thing is is we're really going to have an opportunity to help the kids that need the most help. Those, we're going we're gonna to be able to have a really big impact. We're going to be able to identify the kids who need the most services and, and, and resources the most. We're going to be able to reach out to them and get them connected to and engaged in school, maybe in ways that we haven't even thought of in the past. Yeah, and with what the the board took action on, remember that you know it is a phased approach here, and we will be bringing on small groups slowly over the first few weeks. After the first few weeks, um, and those aren't just maybe the special ed population; those are other subgroups of students that may need additional resources, whether that um, maybe a CTE course or something else. So that's important to recognize that we we are going to be bringing in you know, small groups to provide that, that, that in-person instruction, you know, obviously with safety in, in mind um, as we roll in. And I, I will add also, just because, you know, I always got to put my technology hat on here. Um, Mr. Harris has mentioned a few times, you know, that uh, technology will be will be being rolled out the week of the 17th. And, and that is absolutely true. Um, we, we've got a lot of devices ready to go right now. And just really stay tuned over the next really five to seven days, because there's going to be a ton of messaging um, next week, which is the week of the 10th, about how that's going to look, what sites we're going to be doing this at first. Um, you know, what we require from you to pick up that piece of technology, because, you know, while the, the date is coming, you know, for the actual start, we want to make sure that our students and our families are ready before that date, which means getting, you know, that device or that support in your hands before that time. So we will absolutely, you know, beginning the week of the 17th, be beginning the rollout of devices and tools uh, for our students. And Ryan, your department, this is not your first time to the rodeo now. I mean, you've done this before and now you really know how to do it. 
it, we're going to do it better. I, I, I assure you. Um, that was crisis deployment. That was crisis deployment. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, did devices get out in the spring? Yes, absolutely. Devices got out. Um, we're going to do a better job. And um, it's that support piece along with the device. It's we recognize it's more than just handing you a Chromebook or an iPad and saying, you know, um, use it. It's It's making sure those other supports are there. Well, and, and you hit on a, a really important thing that I think we'll kind of close today with, and that is we want to make sure that families get support as early as possible and that we're giving families um, opportunities for training, opportunities for engagement as early as possible. Because when we start talking about going back on distance learning, remember, um, our students aren't going to have an opportunity to take a computer, sit in a class in front of a teacher and be shown how to access that computer. That is going to become the responsibility of their home, of their family to say, here's how you do this. And so getting information out to families, getting videos posted so that families can watch those and learn how to do that. Um, getting screencasts done to show you how to access, um, uh, different software, different programs, letting you know what resources, you know, so we've been talking about social emotional resources. We're also looking at having tutoring resources and family um, learning resources about having tech support uh, available at night and on weekends. Um, there's a, there's a whole host of things that are out there that we want to make sure that families have access to that we need to get out before that first real day of school. Um, simply because like I've said before, and I'll continue to say it last year, families did not ask to be homeschool teachers. Um, they were put in that position overnight. Um, this year families, I think we've, we've kind of expressed over the past few months, families are probably going to be in that boat and now they are. Um, and so really our families are now our partners in education. You know, we've talked about how do we, how do we bring more engagement and more families into the educational process? I don't think families could be any more a part of the process or any closer partners than they're going to be this school year. So gentlemen, moving ahead. Um, what is, what's kind of your biggest hope moving into, um, this year and these will just be final thoughts. So, so I'll start. Um, I guess my biggest hope is that we can offer a high quality curriculum to all of our kids in as seamless a way as possible. Everybody works together and that we, that we really put together something that we're proud of. And I, I'm going to cheat and do two. Um, we've always known that we have connectivity, you know, gaps, and this is a great opportunity to meet those gaps. We're going to know and we're going to get that sorted out this year. Our students are going to be that's going to be addressed. And and I think my second one is just the hope that we all remain, you know, as safe as we possibly can. We really, you know, again, you know, we're going to do this together um, as a team and um, got to keep that in mind. So I just want to invite you all to join us next week. Um, we're going to do another Wednesday webinar uh, that we're going to focus on just taking questions. You know, I think that's one of the best things we can do at this point that gives us a lot of great information, um, but it also helps us disseminate information that we do have that people may not uh, be aware of or that we haven't done a good job of pushing out. Um, I also want to make sure that everyone... Um, knows that we are also, if you have a student who is a special education student, we're also having a town hall next week, right, Tom? Yeah, it's going to be Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. and at 6 p.m. 
So we'd invite you to join those. Um, but like Ryan said, uh, he was talking a longer term hope on the short term. We hope everybody is safe, has a great weekend, has a chance to enjoy some of this great Del Norte summer weather. And um, we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you.